Are you ready to lighten up, tighten up, shed, and shred with plant-based protein? Antioxidant fruits, organic greens, and veggies, plus gut health? For a fraction of the cost you are already spending, this super 30-day program may support you to build muscle, burn fat, reset metabolism, lift brain fog, increase productivity, break addictions, nourish, detoxify, and cleanse. Are you ready to look and feel your best? Replace 60 organic meals for only $11 a day with live, organic, non-GMO superfood nutrition delivered right to your door. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to superfoodswithjen.com. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. This is Jennifer Charlton with Success Happens Radio Show. It is so great to be with you guys today. And I am continuing the conversation that we've been having. If you remember last week, we had April Miller, Dr. Miller, who's on the board of trustees of Frederick Community College, talking about the idea that they're going to possibly mandate that students and staff must get the vaccine, the poke. It's a medical treatment. It's something like that, right? So anyway, it's looking like this week there's been a push by certain individuals in the Senate to mandate that these vaccinations are required of students. Many of the staff have chosen to do it. You know, it's their right. That's where we kind of stand on this is it's a personal choice. But when you start forcing kids to take something that could be detrimental to them and is is frankly more concerning than the actual condition that you're trying to treat them for, it's kind of a, why are we doing this? You're putting these kids at risk unnecessarily. So in the course of my week, I had the pleasure of chatting with somebody I knew about vaccinations. And as it turns out, she has a firsthand experience with her son, who's now 26. So in other words, way back when, when vaccinations were becoming a thing, her son was vaccinated. I'm going to let her tell you the story, but the point being that you go back to this VAERS report that we've talked about for so long, which indicates adverse effects of vaccinations. Well, 26 years ago, they didn't have the VAERS report. So how do we know that indeed there were issues back then that frankly have been underreported or not reported at all? So I thought I'd have Melissa with me here today to tell her story because I think it's important, whether we're talking about vaccinations from 25, 30 years ago, we're talking about today, there are concerns about negative outcomes. And we as parents have the right to determine what's best for our child and not have it be determined by bureaucrats or educators in some institution far, far away. So again, this is Jen with Success Happens, and I have with me today, Melissa. And uh, first of all, thank you for being here with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. What happened with your son? Tell us your story. Well, he was born normal. All his APGAR scores were at 
nine and 10. And um, at he had his first set of vaccines when he was two months old. And then when he had his second set of vaccines at four months old, he was in the hospital within 24 hours with an extremely high fever, vomiting, diarrhea. Uh, the fever was so high that he actually had seizures, uh, feb- what they call febrile seizures. Um, and he was in the hospital for approximately four days, um, very lethargic, very out of it. They did every test imaginable blood cultures. They did a spinal tap, uh, because with, you know, basically a newborn, he, there shouldn't have been anything that serious that, uh, would have triggered this. So, um, everything came back normal. They couldn't figure out what it was. They chalked it up to be a gastrointestinal virus, but immediately during that hospitalization, I knew that something significant had happened. Um, he had gone from a very, you know, tone baby holding his head up, um, pushing his arms up, almost able to roll over. Um, and he clearly could hear me, um, up to that point. But, um, after going home, after that admission, he was like, um, a ball, a bowl of jello. Um, he had no muscle tone. He couldn't hold his head up. Um, he loud noises that used to startle him no longer acted like he could hear it. Um, and subsequently following up with, um, our pediatrician after that admission, I, you know, explained my concerns which took several months for them to take seriously. He's 26 now. So what year was it approximately? It was 1995. He was born July of 95. This happened in November of 95. Okay. So it's 1995. At what point, how long after he had those four month vaccines, did he start to show the effects of something negative? Within 24 hours. So it's just too much of a coincidence for it to be anything other than a a reaction to the vaccine, correct? Correct. And all the tests that they had done at the hospital, like I said, the the blood tests, the blood cultures, um, urine cultures, the spinal tap, everything was negative. And so they said all they could do is chalk it up to being a gastrointestinal virus that they couldn't even find. Negative for what? Negative for any kind of bacterial infection. Got that. So when you went to the doctor, what did your doctor tell you? Even though I brought up the question is, could this been a reaction from the vaccines? They kept telling me, oh, no, no, not couldn't possibly be it. It's probably some kind of virus that, you know, he had gotten, even though he was my third child, I was the kind of mother that didn't take him out anywhere, strange places, real public places for people to touch and, and, you know, be around him. It was during, you know, a healthy part of his life. So I, I knew that he hadn't come in contact with some rare you know, illness. Um, that was the only thing that was new in his life were those vaccines. And what hospital were you in? We were in uh, Franklin Square Hospital, which is on the outskirts of Baltimore. At what point did you think it was serious? I, I, I saw a ve- very different child um, going as soon as he started getting sick and, and us taking him to the hospital and the fact that it didn't resolve even after we were discharged and we had been home for weeks, a couple of weeks before we followed up with the pediatrician. Um, again, his muscle tone did not change. He was very, um, not even able to hold up his head, very, uh, floppy muscle, muscle tone, um, like a newborn baby again. Um, and the fact that I, I knew that he had lost his hearing. And is that still the case? He's lost his hearing. 
Yes. Yes. Um, the other thing that was noticeable was he had nystagmus. Um, the stagmus is where the eyes, you know, jerk back and forth very quickly. Um, and that's something he didn't have prior to this, this happening. So you've said to me that this is a neurological outcome. Something got damaged neurologically. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Um, it, like I said, the, it took several months going, following up with the pediatrician to convince her that whatever happened was not resolving and that we needed to see specialists. It took me just starting to call Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore and Children's Hospital in Philadelphia and say, look, this is what happened. Who can I see? Who should I see? Um, I'm, I'm a persistent parent that when, when I know something's wrong, I'm going to start bugging everybody till I find out the right avenue to, to go to. What did they advise you? Uh, they recommended a uh, neuromuscular specialist because I was complaining of neurological weakness and also uh, muscular weakness. And the fact that Wrighty had his vaccines and had this episode was hospitalized. They felt that that's the best place to start. The doctor told you that he thought it was indeed related to the vaccine, but he couldn't tell you, right? Tell, tell us right. about that. The neuromuscular specialist at um, Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, who has been you know, working with children with muscular dystrophy, with uh, neurological, severe neurological issues for 20 plus years, um, said to me, according to the testing that had been done already at Hopkins and just the history and, and his physical signs, um, that everything had been ruled out for anything else. And our genetic testing came back negative, meaning there was nothing genetically that triggered this. And that he, from his experience with other children that he also sees for many years, um, that he's seen more and more of these, um, what he calls vaccine injuries, because he's told me that all vaccines contain neurotoxins. And Unfortunately, it's plain Russian roulette. He said, and while I can tell you this, he says, unfortunately, there's no specific test that pinpoints and says, yes, this is what happened. He says, it's a process of ruling everything else out. And then that's all you have left. And he says, and that's what's happened to your son. But did he put it in the chart? He said he couldn't because they come after physicians who try to, um, insinuate or make it look like that it was the vaccine. Um, he said the vax, the, the pharmaceutical industry is very powerful and has a lot of money and a lot of, um, control. And, and what year was that when he said that, uh, we had started seeing the neurologist at chop in probably 1999. Okay. So a long time ago, they still had issues with the power and control of the pharmaceutical industry over medical care. Is that an accurate assessment? Absolutely. He said they would, you know, take his license away. Um, they would make him look like he was crazy that, he, and he would be unbelievable. He said, anyone that tries to discredit the pharmaceutical industry loses everything. He says, but I, as I tell my parents and educate my parents as much as I possibly can off the record. So you're listening to Success Happens. And I have with me today, Melissa, who has a son who is 26 years old, who is developmentally disabled as a result of having a vaccine back in 1995. It's still happening today. And it is entirely possible that these vaccines or 
medical treatments, however you want to characterize them, may indeed be harmful because that happens. And to say that an experimental drug, which it currently is, that's been pushed through a process far faster than anything in history, we should maybe take some caution to understand it more fully. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. KW Photography and Design, great photographer, wonderful graphic designer, does great web design as well. And lastly, thank you so much to Flamingo Pool Supply. Anything you need for your hot tub or pool, it's time to give them a call. And we'll be right back. Are you ready to lighten up, tighten up, shed, and shred with plant-based protein, antioxidant fruits, organic greens, and veggies, plus gut health? For a fraction of the cost you are already spending, this super 30-day program may support you to build muscle, burn fat, reset metabolism, lift brain fog, Increase productivity, break addictions, nourish, detoxify, and cleanse. Are you ready to look and feel your best? Replace 60 organic meals for only $11 a day with live, organic, non-GMO superfood nutrition delivered right to your door. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to superfoodswithjen.com. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. Melissa and I are talking about the devastating impact of vaccines on her son, who is now 26. Can you talk a little bit first about the condition your son is in? Because you've seen him now for 26 years, suffering through the results of what happened. Sure. He is uh, legally deafblind. Um, he's in a wheelchair and, and unfortunately cannot do anything for himself. He can't even hold a cup. Um, we have a cup holder on his wheelchair, or we actually have to hold the cup for him to drink. Um, he, you know, unfortunately can't bathe himself, um, dress himself. I mean, he's complete care. It's like having a, a, an adult baby that we have to take care of. And unfortunately, you know, when he's ill and sick and, um, he is not verbal. So, you know, we, we, he has learned some sign language, a tactile signing that he can communicate some things with us, uh, but not everything. So that makes it difficult as well. It, it's, it's been um, a full-time job and our world revolves around him and um, he's medically fragile from, you know, everything that he's gone through for 26 years. And we are, you know, just very careful of, of, uh, making sure he gets what he needs and, and make sure he's not around sick people because a common cold can land him in the hospital. So you guys tested him. You knew that it was, it was not a bacterial. It was not something they wanted to make it other than God forbid the vaccine that they jabbed them with that would have caused this for him. So Correct. They told me that there's not an actual test that they can do to test for viruses, that they check everything bacterial and they rule out that those tests were all negative. So they can only assume it was a virus. And we know that vaccines are created from viruses. Um, that's how they're made. Um, so I said, could it have been the 
virus and the vaccine. But of course, I'll immediately know, well, if you're telling me you can't test for it, how do you know it's not? Have you learned through this experience about other parents who are similarly situated with children who have had negative outcomes? Yes. During uh, the last, I'd say 20 years, I've been heavily involved in parent groups that also have children with developmental disabilities, meaning that, you know, they have developed the the disability prior to the age of 21. And um, we've seen significant numbers grow in our county, in our state, um, all across the nation. And one of the things that- What do you attribute that to? I attribute it to the increase in vaccines that they're giving our children. I was born in 1965 and from 65 to 70, when I started kindergarten, I had four vaccines. Go to the American Academy of Pediatrics website and count. Now children in the first five years are required to have 72 vaccines. You can't tell me that that doesn't change what's going on with our children, learning disabilities, whether you know they're mild or severe. Uh, physical disabilities, these, you know, deadly Autism. things, We're Autism, talking. exactly. We had a lot of parents in our parent group that were working with doctors who also told them the same thing off the record. We honestly feel it's from vaccines and they were pointing towards the MMR vaccine, which has had hot controversy. And we, there are people out there saying that, yes, it is. And other people saying, no, it isn't. Again, the pharmaceutical industry is very rich, very powerful, and they're never going to admit um, that this is happening. Plus, our government instituted a a law in 1986 to protect them from any liability for injury from these vaccines. So, you know, what do they care? Which is very sad. What have you guys tried to do to mitigate it going forward for other parents? What is happening from your perspective as a parent to help relieve this future reality? Again, sharing our story, uh, finding out that, and the American Academy of Pediatrics, again, will tell you that the baby has all of mom's antibodies the first year of life. So they don't even need these vaccines the first year. So take that year, educate yourself, read the inserts that come with these uh, bottles of of, of poison before you put it in your child and Google every ingredient that they've listed. And if there's a proprietary uh, formula that they won't tell you say, look, unless you tell me what it is and I can Google to find out it's not going to hurt my child, then I'm going to hold off on that. You don't have to get this vaccine right away. Like I said, they have mom's antibodies. That's really a great point. We always talk about make sure you give the baby some of the mother's milk because in there is the good immune system building blocks that they need. So why on earth, to your point, would you violate that principle and then go to, well, we have to vaccinate because clearly that's not enough. So they kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth. I want to go back to something you just said, though, that struck me. And that is, and I've heard it from doctors. I know uh, people I've talked to through my work. They're afraid of being decertified. If they come out and tell the truth, these medical boards are out of control. Yes, They're out of control. They have become 
like witch hunters if you don't comply or get in line. Now, we hire people who are highly educated. They go through years and years and years of extra schooling to become brilliant at what they do. Then you're going to turn around board and deny their intellect and their thinking on issues as important as causing children to end up like Melissa's son. This is an outrage. These medical boards need to be held to account. And the pharmaceutical companies, which is coming, that's already in process. They will be held to account because people are done. They're done with the nonsense and the impositions of medical practices that are harmful. So we need to start dealing with, just like they are with these boards of ed, we need to start dealing with these boards of med. It's time because these people are out of control. And uh, I know that's going to tick off some friends of mine who work in the medical profession, but oh, well. And I, lastly, I'm calling upon the you know, medical administrators, people who are running medical facilities to have a backbone and stand up for your doctors and your nurses, have their back so that they can report things because yeah, it might be a ding on your institution. I can get that. You don't want it to be known that perhaps in their pediatric office, getting a vaccine, a child was harmed. But if you don't report, you can't reduce these outcomes for future incidences. And it's just too important. People have to put their egos aside and start doing the right thing. This really is a matter of integrity. At the end of the day, you're either going to do the right thing or you're not going to do the right thing. You're either going to do the right thing because you don't care what a medical board says or frankly, you're going to have enough backbone to stand up to them. At what point, medical professionals, have you relegated your power, your authority, your expertise, your knowledge, your experience to a group of people who can predetermine your future? And therefore, you're afraid to say something. You know, we say, see something, say something. If you do, you must, because future lives depend on it. And we need to say enough is enough to these medical boards who are out of control in cahoots with the, with the pharmaceuticals. I really appreciate you coming forward about this and speaking about it. It's so timely. And I'm so sorry for the suffering that your son has endured. I, I, it's heartbreaking, truly. And, uh, and I'm sure it's been really tough watching him suffer. God bless you for bringing this up today so that parents can be informed and maybe they'll wait one more year before they vaccinate. Final thoughts. I, I just really stress to parents. If I knew then what I know now, I would have never put these harmful neurotoxins as the neurologist told me in my son's body. There are actually studies out there that children that get less vaccines are healthier than children that get more vaccines and the studies prove it. You're listening to Success Happens. This is Jen and I have with me today, Melissa and her son, JJ was at four months old. 
negative adverse effects from vaccinations. And I'm so sorry for what you guys have endured, but thank you so much for sharing your story today. Listen, everybody, you're listening to Success Happens. If you know of any incidences where the vaccine has harmed anyone you know, you need to report it. It is so important that you report to the VAERS system what's going on, which is the vaccine adverse effects reporting system through the CDC, because you may be part of solving a problem for millions of people. And frankly, particularly in the case of our young ones, they're getting ready to start forcing the jab on young people. And it's incredibly damaging. I talked to a nurse practitioner today who said that she's seeing a huge increase in miscarriages. It is happening. So you must say something, report it to the VAERS system and hold your doctors to account for reporting it. It's time we tell the truth. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. 